Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, Megan Hall, founder of Megan Hall Motivation. I motivate and inspire women to create their own version of a thriving life. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories and chat about topics relevant to today's modern women. Don't forget to join our virtual community on Facebook, the Inspire Women Community. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Hi guys, today I'm here with my friend Debbie. Debbie has been a previous podcast guest and she's coming back for a second time to tell us about something really awesome that she has going on. So Debbie is an inspiring children's and adult fiction novelist, blogger about all things woman and parent related in your 40s, creator of the new Mothering On community, as well as a life speaker and encourager to women. Debbie is here to talk with us about her new community and what she has going on with her because I didn't realize so many of my friends on Facebook needed your community, Debbie. And then I like would see these people post and I'm like, oh, you have to join Debbie's community because that's what it's all about. So Debbie, do you want to share a little bit about your community, what inspired you to start it and all of the things? Yep. Well, good morning. Thank you for having me on again. You're a glutton for punishment. (laughs) I... I've always, you know, I lost my mom when I was, I was small, you know, so being a seven-year-old new unmothered person was a real eye-opener for me, and it actually matured me in a way that I didn't really know that I needed maturing in, but that would grow me later in life. But, you know, as, as you lose someone, grief, you know, it gets easier to manage daily, and the longings in between missing somebody get better, but that hole that's left... Um, you know, the the unconditional love that only a, a real motherly person can give you, it, that never goes away, you know. And I realized that people were telling me, you know, if I would comment on someone, an older friend now who would lose an older mother, as sad as that is, and I would offer my condolences, they would say, you know, either it's easier for you because you lost your mom when you were young. Or they will say, well, don't worry about it now because it has to be better because you're a mother now. And both of those things are so incorrect. Like any time you lose someone you love, it doesn't matter how old you are or they are, how long it's been since they're passing. There's an emptiness and that can't be filled with someone else. And then being a mother and being mothered are completely different. And I realized that I, I needed a voice for that because having my kids and doing nice things for them and being part of their life is great. But not having someone to pour into me as only a mother can do for somebody is, is, is something I miss. And I knew I wasn't the only one in there and having open conversations with my friends. And also, you know, when you're a single mother or you're living far away from home on your own, whatever your circumstances is, your mother doesn't even need to have passed on, just the absence of a mother. I realized that there are some significant struggles that you go through that you, you need and challenges that you face every day that other people in like regular homes or, or intact families don't go through and I really wanted an outlet for it so that I could bring together mothers who maybe wanted to converse or get through days like Mother's Day with somebody in their corner who's been through it and who's not going to say something like well it's been a long time get over it or you're a mommy so you don't need a mommy because that's not true everybody needs a mommy I just want you to know (laughs) so that's why I started it that's what it was birthed it's all about my mom Elizabeth so that's it for her 
I love that. And I can imagine it was very hard. It's hard to lose your mom. I, I still have my mom, so I don't know what it's like. And I won't even pretend that I know what it's like. But I can I can only imagine, like, what it would be like without her. And her and I aren't even, like, we're not super close. Her and my sister are much closer. And I know she listens. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hi, Mom. But, you know, I can... I can't imagine what it would be like growing up without your mom. Like that had it been harder. There are things that you, you miss or that you wish that you had been able to experience with her that really stand out for you. I know sometimes you share stuff in the community cause I'm a part of your community as well. Um, that really stand out to you. Like, you know, um, recently you posted like, I wish I had recipes from her. I wish we had been able to cook together. So what things stand out for you that you miss the most about, you know, not having that mom growing up. Well, I spend a lot of time with other ladies, which is important because I think all women need to connect. We need less time to be snapping and talking and gossiping about each other and more time with real relationships and connections. It's really important. And I try and foster those relationships from all kinds of areas and avenues. And I go to church and at my church, there's an option to go to a morning class on a Tuesday or a nighttime class. And the nighttime is like for actively day working moms or younger moms usually and the one in the daytime because most people are at work or with their toddlers or whomever they're they're all older ladies and I love those ladies plus they cook better so I go there and get breakfast when because you bring a dish every week and so I love the food but I really love the chitter chatter going on between them when they talk to you and the things that they say important to you and there's a lady in that class who's never had children and so she sort of mothers me and I like I let her because it's a need and so I, I just really like that. So when I'm, I'm listening to them and I'm hearing them, knowing they're all saying, oh, I have this recipe passed on from my mom. Um, I wanted to try it. I'm passing it on to my daughter. And I'm thinking, oh, I never got the chance to do that. You know, I I remember having mac and cheese out of a box one time, but it's not really a recipe. And I can't cut out the craft barcode and give that to my daughter one day and say, there you go, lifetime legacy recipe right there. But I want those things, so I've started jotting down all these recipes that these ladies give me so that on my kid's wedding day, far, far away in the future, if you're listening, kids, don't rush into marriage, I want to present them a framed recipe for what they really like of me and like give them recipes just as something to remember. And I actually have my own mom's Bible, too, and someone commented in the community you know, that she writes in her Bible and then her mom passed it to her, and so now she writes in the Bible and that can be passed on. And my dad, a few years ago, actually gave me my mother's Bible. So I have something tangible in my hands that was actually hers when I never had that before. And I don't even have any pictures of her and I. That's the thing, as a photographer, that bothers me the most, not having a picture of her or me, or not even having any pictures of me before four. I'm sure I was adorable, and I cannot have you know, the physical proof to show my kids. I was probably super adorable. So I don't know, I don't know what I look like as a baby. Did you, would you those, say that, that it inspired you to be a photographer so that you could oh, take those pictures? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely no. not. <laughs> when I was, I told you on the last podcast that my dad was a photographer yeah. in Scotland and I always grew up around that and I saw the struggles he went through as an entrepreneur and it really encouraged me. Absolutely. Will I never, ever have a business and look at me, I'm running three, but that's okay. That's just my journey. Um, but I, I, it has made me see shooting pictures and moments on wedding days and stuff where there's a, a yearning in me that I really I never had my mom to fluff my veil or to help me put lipstick on or to choose my first bra with me I was really lucky that for 18 months of my life my dad remarried and I had a stepmother 
And she was great. I got eyeliner. I got a really bad perm on the back of an ugly mullet that my dad had given me. She she gave me all the girly things that a mother should pour into a child that's at 12 and 13. And I really liked that for her. And though they're no longer married, she's still in my life. But she knows very well that there's no replacing a mother. And she sadly just lost her mother a few years ago, too. So she feels what I'm feeling. And she understands. And she's more empathetic. And it's really nice to have someone she made me feel like I had a small community just with the two of us. And that was another encouragement into doing a community for more people. So it was nerve wracking when you're putting yourself out there honestly and openly. And I know not a lot of people like to chat about it. And there's an awful lot of grief groups on Facebook that anybody can join and say, I'm missing my dad. He passed away. I'm missing my uncle. They just died. I'm missing a child. All of the real sad tragedies that happen in people's life. But I didn't want my group just to be about the tragedy in it. I wanted to be about the the rising from that, from being left alone or being lonely or not having a Mother's Day card to fill it. I wanted to see what we can do instead, how we can get through that. So, okay, this is our story now. This is our card hand that we've been dealt. How can we best play it to have a thriving, great life where you're strong again and you can rise again and you can find new ways to mother on? I mean, that's where the name came from, to get getting through something, to mother on. You know, you just keep going made mother a verbiage because that's what, that's what we do. We, we attack it like a mother. And you're a mom now. Do you find it difficult? I mean, you've been a mom for a while. I shouldn't even say now. It's not like you just had a baby. Your babies are like big babies now. And do you find it difficult when you were, you know, your kids were younger to be a mother because you didn't have that mother figure in your life to like show you like this is this is how you do it or don't do it to learn from? Yeah, I think no matter what your relationship is with your parents in general, however they are or are not to you, they shape what you are as a parent yourself. Either you say, I'm never going to be like that or I'm going to be exactly like that. So whatever role or absence or person that was in your life raising you, you base who you are on as a parent based on that. And because my dad and I aren't super, super close, um, I only have like one perspective of it, so I have his perspective. So I wonder what the other side of me could be. So the things that I didn't want to be the same as my dad are very obvious in my life. The things I want to be like him are there too. Like he was very good at putting art and music and culture in my life, and I try to do that with the girls. Um, but I always wonder what her perspective would have been. I mean, he never talked to me about my period. I was really lucky <laughs> that I had an aunt, his sister, who was a midwife. And she was, you know, more than eager to discuss and more eager than I was to hear. So, you know, I had that. But I never had, I don't know, there's just something about mother-daughter time that I miss and I remember little snippets of that it won't go away. It always hovers like at the edge of my consciousness in every single thing I do, no matter what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. What she would have done, what she would think of me now doing this or how mad she would be that I just yelled at my teenager, you know, all. I, I wonder, I even want to be chastised. I don't even remember her, you know, being mad and ugly at me and yelling at me. It's all good memories I have, which is great, but I never really got parented by her. Yeah, no, it's definitely, I see from both of my parents things that I would or would not want to do because of what they taught me growing up. And when they divorced when I was 13, we moved to Florida with my dad, my sister and I. And my sister got her period for the first time. And I'm the only one in the house. And I'm, like, crying. And I'm calling my mom. And I'm like, what? I don't know what to do. I have my sister and her period. I'm 
like crying, but I had that ability to call her. So she wasn't like completely not able to be in touch with us at that time. You know, I can only imagine what it was like to go through that, you know, and not have your mom around in those like those critical moments or like your first baby comes and you're like, man, you know, I don't have that person to be like, oh, this is what I went through and this is what I did. You know, do you find that there are specific times of the year that you really struggle with your mom not being around? Mm-hmm. Um, times of the year. I think that people do an injustice to friends when they're trying to be understanding by assuming that grief periods have like a beginning time, then a middle time when it gets better, and then an end time where it's just gone because it doesn't work like that. That, that flow and that morning never actually ends because you always miss her in little things that you would never imagine. Like when I watch talk shows on their mother-daughter days, they're getting makeovers, and I'm like, well, I couldn't participate in that. Or when just something small and insignificant happens and, and you, you want to pick up the phone and I have no one in my my phone under the title mum. Just that, that makes me, you know, jealous of other people and envious that, that they might have that and that I don't. And I'm happy for them that they get to have it because I know the pain of not, but I do, you know, little jealousies, little twinges and moments where I wish I would have someone who just loves me unconditionally the way that a mother's supposed to because that's what I don't feel like I, I have. And you explained Mother's Day, like, really well. So, like, you celebrate both the Scottish Mother's Day and the American In Mother's March. Day, which are both different. So That's just selfish, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not. But I want you to explain how you celebrate them differently. You had a different, you posted on Facebook, you had a different mindset about each of them. Mm-hmm. Well, in Mother's Day, I, uh, for the UK, I just remember the times I had with my stepmom, the fact that my own mom birthed me and, you know, we had a good seven years. And then all the people influencing other people's lives. I really think it's important to to remember that you can be mothered by an array of women. You can be mothered by your elderly next door neighbor. You can be mothered by someone younger who's teaching you something that you didn't know because your generation of motherhood was completely different from theirs. So appreciating people back in the UK, all my friends, all the people who impacted my life in little ways, I really wanted to take that march one and and shower them with affection and love that I don't, I always get to say every day. And then when it hit me in March, I appreciated being a mother and having my kids, you know, given to me and do something sweet and nice for me. But again, I felt like it was important to acknowledge all the people who have been mothers to me here. It was I just really wanted both days for both countries to, to be appreciated because it shaped the woman I am, if not totally the mother that I've become just by having different people pour into me in different roads along the way. No, I agree. I'm, I don't think it's selfish that you celebrate Mother's Day. I celebrate my birthday like the entire month of June. I'm like, it's my birthday month. Look at me. Yeah, <laughs> I need to start doing that, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, I... I for most of my life, my birthdays, um, when I was younger, they seemed to be bad luck. And I was like, so what can I do about this bad luck? Like, my rabbit died on my birthday. Like, oh my stuff happened on my birthday all the time. And I was like, how can I change this around? I'm like, I'm just going to make, like, a big deal out of my birthday. Make it, like, such a big thing that the, no bad luck can, you know, come into it. And so <laughs> that's what I do. Well, and see, it's funny you say that because my mom died over my birthday. So I... Even that seventh birthday, though, though I didn't see her physically that day, I was with her best friend and her daughter and 
and it was still a day. And I don't think that my mom ever never celebrated anything. Everything that I can remember of her was always fun. And there was music in the background and she was kind of goofy and outgoing and always laughing. And she was happy. So I try to be that. I like that. Yeah, I know. I know your birthday is, it's a little, it's a little hard on you to, you know, because she passed away right around your birthday. And it's a reminder that she wasn't there. But, you know, you had that, that birthday that, you know, you didn't, she wasn't there, but you didn't know. And everybody made it such a big deal for you. But I don't remember any birthdays with her. I don't remember any Christmases either, which is strange. But I remember lots of memories. I mean, I have lots of memories. So I think I try to make my own kids' birthdays and even my husband's birthday special because, you know, I don't know. I, I, give, I give them in that way the things that I never had. And I don't even let them do a whole bunch of chores, which is crazy. And that might be why my 15-year-old and I butt heads so much. But... I, I, I threw right myself right into chores when my dad took us in. I was having to grow up super fast and help him around the house all the time and didn't really feel like a kid. So I didn't want that burden on my kids. So I didn't let them do as many chores as maybe I should have. Then, you know, they wouldn't be so entitled, damn it. No. <laughs> I don't. I didn't want them to, to lose the part of the childhood that I felt like I, I didn't get to have. Yeah. So I'll never get that to be like a real kid, just just a kid kid. But that's okay because what what it did do was leave me like the ability to write stories. I I was able as a writer to get creative out of having two crayons match up. You know, the blue and the pink or the green and the red, they were always married and I'd make stories up about them and their life and their little broken crayons would be their baby kids. So I knew that I might not be able to extract some meaning from my mom dying, but I could extract some creativity in the emptiness that it left me, you know, fill my, my head up with reading books or writing stories or drawing. Those things were important to me. Yeah. And you said um, that you remember dancing with your mom. Is that correct? She would dance to songs that would come on the radio quite a lot. She liked it. And I, I remember dancing to some songs. I mean, because I grew up in the 80s with my dad as a DJ. But when I was born, it's in the middle of the 70s and disco and all of that song. And my mom played songs on the radio quite a bit and would sing along. And I remember her dancing in the living room. And it's always, I do it now. I like to dance up on the coffee table with my kids so that they'll have a memory of that too. Do you it's just dance? little ways I'm trying to keep her in their life without knowing her because I don't think she needs to be present for them to know her. I agree. And you telling stories that you can remember and memories that you remember about her, you know, will help them be more connected. Do you download like music that w- was from that era that you remember dancing with her too? Yeah, there's three songs in particular that I have downloaded that I remember her liking. And so yeah. they, they're sort of in tune. You know how music can do that to you. It makes you miss a boyfriend or mm-hmm. remember a friend or a time in your life that you were just different. And I, those songs make me think of that. And I remember too, I had really long hair, so did my sister, who was 18 months younger than me. And we would have jars of hair bands in the bathtub, and she would always do her hair in long pigtails and stuff. Again, it was the 70s, and it would be the same. But then my dad cut my hair when we moved in with him, and that was like a big loss. I'm talking, I felt like Samson when his hair got cut off. <laughs> it wasn't taking away my strength like his, but it was taking away her. Mm-hmm. And so it was like a double whammy of mourning. It was like, oh gosh, I had my hair. Now I don't I even have the hair that she brushed. Yeah. And I get sad sometimes when I don't remember her voice. I don't. I don't know what she sounded like. I don't remember 
what she smelled like. I don't remember lots of things, but the things that I do remember are so important and they've made them so strong to me that I will never forget them. Yeah, and I love that what you've gone through inspired you to create a community for women who might be struggling with the same thing. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody says takes a village, takes a community to raise kids, and I really feel like that's intensified with the loss of a mother somewhere along the way or the absence of one. She may not be in your life. Or if you're a single parent in general as well, on top of that, going it completely alone and feeling like, you know, your mothers are really your biggest connection to your identity and your past and your history and your gender. And so growing up with a dad and probably a different mother than I would have been had I grown up with a woman. I may be less sarcastic and less stern and probably more nurturing and you know, I was always really awkward too because I would go and I didn't look like the other girls at my school. I didn't act like them. I didn't have the femininity that maybe they had. I mean, I wanted it, but I learned how to be a girl and how to do things from Cosmopolitan or Teen Vogue or, or watching Dirty Dancing. That's how I learned how to be a girl <laughs> because my dad couldn't teach that. So how- It's different coming from a guy than it would be coming from a girl. So how do you feel about the remake of Dirty Dancing? I didn't even watch it. I, I listened to either. what everybody said about it, and I'm so scared to watch it because that movie was such a big part of my life. Like, I literally can act out the entire film. I know what song comes on at one part. I know what the words are going to say. I know every move to every dance. And I even enacted it for my husband one night. The whole movie, start to finish, did my own jumps. <laughs> so I'm scared to take something that was so special to me growing up and watch it and not like it, especially because I like some of the actors in the remake. So I don't want to see them in something I just like. Yeah. If it's not broke, don't fix, fix it. That's how I feel. Like, right. I mean, I would love to see remakes of some movies that I feel it could have been better, but not that one. No. Just like when they remade, uh, what was it called? Footloose. I mean, the remake's all right, but like, don't. It was, yeah, that was okay. It was good. Like, don't remake it. Yeah, it's the soundtrack, I think, that bothers me the most, you know, when they redo that and they make it bad. But the new Footloose, I really like the remake they did on Let's Hear It From The Boy. They made it slow. You know, the, it was Denise Williams, I think, that sang the first one. And it was real, let's hear it for the boy. And now this one, it's slow. It's it's really nice. I like that. Yeah, You shouldn't mess with the music. <laughs> Don't mess with it. Don't mess with any of it. But no, sometimes <laughs> things do need to be remade. And just like some of us need to be remade. And I feel like in your community, people aren't getting remade, but they're they're having some some hope, you know? Like you said, you'll never stop grieving the fact that you've lost your mom. That's a big loss. But Or not just that you've lost them, just that they're not there. Like the emotional presence of a mother is just as important as a physical presence. I agree. And there's some people that grew up that their moms are physically here, like physically <laughs> But they never had that. They never had that. Right. You know, all the things you're talking about missing, they missed too. And those communities for them too, because, you know, that emotional and physical absence, they're intertwined. Yeah. It's it's not having that person that you remember growing up or even you grew up with them, but now they're not around for them to see your, your kids grow up. Like I know um, one of the, the women that I encouraged to join your community was... You know, she just recently lost her mom in the last year. And it was the fact that, like, now she's not, my mom's not going to be able to see my kids grow up. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to be able to have her tell me stories about, you know, this is what I did when I was parenting you. Or, like, you know, yeah, you were trouble when you were a teenager, too. And all of those things that, you know, 
if a mom is present, they're going to tell you. They're going to tell you, yes, you were awful when you were a teenager. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And it's funny because I tell that to my kid. I said, oh, you're, you don't understand what it's like to be me. And she said, no, you don't understand what it's like to be me. And I, she's right because I really don't. We grew up, me and her, completely different. So I have no idea what it is to be a pain in the butt sometimes and butt heads with your mother and fight and argue with her until you're blue in the face. Or call her out on something, which she's very good at. But because I don't, I didn't do that. So I'm like, oh, if only I had that to reference and what happened between us. What did my mom do during that time? Maybe I would be better and I wouldn't suck at this so much. Not that I suck as a parent, but sometimes it's really hard. And I know I'm not making the best choices. but And I know I'm losing my patience too much. But that's when I hope that my mom is, you know listening in and watching or sometimes will somehow show up and say something to me and lift me back up into perfect motherhood (laughs) there is no perfect mom i mess up on a daily basis yeah i know this is part of but i'm I'm, and and when i do that when i see her doing that and acting like that and wondering what would my mom have done with me if that was the case i i just i can't i just have to try and make order out of the chaos basically because that's why i call myself at home now a chaos coordinator because I feel like that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to coordinate everybody's mass chaos lives and putting them together and avoid a midlife crisis, you know. <laughs> well, one of my- you wish you could give them to your grandma, say, hey, go to grandma's for the weekend. That, that would be the funnest thing. That is the one phrase I wish I could say that everyone else around me says that I wish I could say, go to grandma's. I wish I could too. My mom does not quite tolerate the amount of children I have. <laughs> They're a little too much. After like a couple days, she's like, "You can have your kids back now." I've had my fill of grandchildren. Here you go. I'm like, Thanks. but then it's just enough to refresh you, probably. And so you know, I, I would like that. My grandmother has a bit more patience, though. Like she, I probably because she's just been around for like so long. <laughs> she's been through so much that she's just like. <laughs> How terrible is that? I'm like, go oh, come together in community and we'll support one another. But hey, take my kids for the weekend and send them away. <laughs> <laughs> it's not terrible at all. We all need a break once in a while. I have no shame in like being like, um, so Jeremy, I'm going to go do this thing here. Here are these children. Um, I'm just going to because I realize you need that. You need that break sometimes to just you be with other women and be able to connect and not have to like be like, well, what's my, you know, where are my kids? What am I doing? That's why a lot of times I don't bring my kids anywhere when I'm invited because I want to enjoy myself and not be like, what's Cameron into? Why is Lillian flirting with that boy? Like, yeah, I knew that. And that's again, another thing that we do in the community is we ask those questions. Like, what do you do? And like, cause there's no right and wrong answers, but it's sometimes nice to hear other perspectives and other stories and, and then we be mothered by by people who who care and understand and and feel you, because I think I think it's wrong to say that. Okay, now I have one picture of my mom. Them to say, well, she only exists in that picture frame that's sitting on my bookshelf. There's just a picture of her, because there's not. She's she's in my life in so many ways that I can't just tell people all about. And it's why one of the books I'm writing. I'm not children's author yet. Hopefully one day, but. I, the book that I wrote first is about her and it's about where she is because I didn't get closure with with her death and I didn't say goodbye and I didn't even, there's nowhere to visit her graveside for me. You know, she doesn't have a grave. She was in a people who passed away during that month. You know what I mean? My dad recently told me where she is and that he said he'll take me when I come visit in Scotland. But I feel like 
because I didn't have the closure that she somehow still connected to me in a way that it wouldn't if I had had the, that severed with a goodbye. And so then my book is about all the things that I've done where I feel like she would be proud of me, but then I'm wondering where she is because that's, that's the two tracks of my brain with my mom is, hey, mom, I just used the biggest word I have ever used in school today. And for the first time, because I was so quiet and frowny, I frowned all the time when she had died. I put my hand up and answered the word and got the word meandering. And I was so proud of myself that the teacher had asked that word and no one knew that word. And I knew that word and it meant talking. And I didn't want to talk because I wanted to be the sad. I'm just losing my mother kid in the back. Leave me alone. But I, I was like, oh, I know that word. I want to say that word. And so I just put my hand up really big and said, meandering. <laughs> and she said, yes. So proud of you. Good job. And I thought, oh, my gosh, did you see that, Mom? I just said meandering in class. And I put my hand up. Did you see that? That must mean I'm moving on. That must mean I'm healing a little bit. And so I, I realized that perspective. And then the whole, oh, but where is she? Did she go to heaven? And what does heaven really look like? So I've got the perspective of heaven from this little girl doing all these things like raising her hand in class or tying her shoe properly or making her first meal that she burned, asking mom, did you see this? And then saying she met these other little people, interesting people who had lost somebody important in their life and telling them where they thought their mom was in heaven. And I do remember, you know, parents always say, can't be in two places at one time. And my mom had said that to me once in a Firmly remember it that that's why I couldn't go somewhere that my sister was because she can't be in two places at one time. But I feel like she is. I feel like she's both in heaven, but she's here with me. So that's why the storybook is, is going to be like that. It's here with me, and then I know she's here with me, but I know she's in heaven and somewhere pretty. I think so. she's also a part of you, too. Like, you have a part of her in you, even if you didn't see that. Like, even if you don't have all those memories of, like, what you're like her I guarantee if you, you know, there's people that knew her, they would see parts of her inside of you because it's genetics. You can't get rid of it. Awesome. That's something no one has ever said to me is like, oh, you just like your mom. You don't know enough so I people. Don't, I don't know. I don't know if I am. I don't know enough people who knew her. But the great thing about social media is that I just found, you know, the little girl and her best friend who lived across the street, my mom's best friend. I just found Laura on Facebook. I've been looking for her for so long. And I eventually messaged like a crazy person. All of these women with the same name. Hoping. I'm so sorry if you aren't this person, but I need this person. If you're this person, <laughs> give me a clue. And so this person finally messaged me back. I got a lot of, oh, no, that's not me, but I hope you find her. Oh, no, it's not. But And then oh, somebody says, no, I'm not that girl. Can you please stop messaging me? It's, okay, I'm sorry. But I, I plunged on. And finally, this girl, Laura, messaged me back and said, the only Debbie I know, blah, 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 and this and that. And and I was like, that's me. I am her. We found you. And she couldn't believe it. And the first thing she did was tell me her mom had sadly passed away. Hmm. But that she was at her home and on the fridge was a picture of her mom and my mom. And they were both laughing and giggling so hard. Oh, yeah. And that's what I remember. So now she sent it through Facebook Messenger, this copy of this print. But she's also... Her uncle was the one who was engaged to my mom. So she's trying to track down the engagement photos in the hopes that we might find a picture of me and my mom finally. So that's kind of exciting. The power of social media, the power of a connection, you know. But I would love for somebody to tell me, oh, that was just like your mom. But there's nobody around to tell me that. Yeah. Well, you never know. When you go back to Scotland and you visit and you see some of these people, they might say, like, wow, well, your mom would do that. Or my, your mom would say something like that. 
apart from my dad and, and Laura, but Laura was too little. She was like me and probably just, so nobody, there's nobody to tell me that sadly. Yeah. Wow. Nobody who knew my mom as intimately who, who would say, you know, but you're like your mom. I wonder if I am. I don't know if I am or not. I but. bet you are. It's kind of impossible not to be. <laughs> like, <laughs> sometimes when I, like, will do something, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, that's my mom. Like, that's my, my, my mom. Right, you know your mom, but I don't know my mom to know that. You know what I mean? I only knew her as the childhood mom. I didn't know her as a woman or a person, and I know she was something much more than my mom. But I don't know her as that. So I'm not, not seeing her in action as that or not being – old enough and wise enough to recognize her as a woman, I, I would have no idea. I have no idea. I hope that I have her nose. See? I look a little bit like her in the picture, but I don't know if I have her personality. That would be interesting to know. It's always something that's been a thought. Do, do I act like her? Do I, I don't know. I do I drive like her? <laughs> do I drive like her? I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know. I drive like my grandpa. <laughs> and my grandpa is one of those wild old men that just like, Slow. oh, no, the opposite. Like, he, he's like a metal foot. Like, he's, a, he's one of those ones that you wouldn't take away because they don't know how to drive. You could take it away because you'd be so scared. <laughs> like, let me take his license away. He's a wild one. Yeah, it's awesome. So did you not have any grandparents or anything that were still alive when you were growing up? Um, before she passed away, she did, she did. And it's funny that the one memory, they passed away, but the one memory that my dad gave me of, of my grandma is not an attractive one. My dad used to call her, his mother-in-law, the dragon, because she would sit, he said, I think she must have had some maybe borderline mental illness. We're not sure. Dad implied it. I'm not sure if that's the case. But she would just sit with her tongue touching her nose. <laughs> I can't get that visual out of my head. So I have this beautiful visual of my grandma just sitting in some big armchair, maybe with a bun. I don't know if she was knitting with her tongue touching her nose. <laughs> so several times throughout my life as a as a kid and, okay, even as a 30-something, I've tried to make my tongue touch my nose just to see if it's genetic and hereditary, maybe actual factual, <laughs> just to connect me. I didn't realize that, that sometimes the depth you have to go to to find yourself through absent people would be touching your nose to your tongue. But there you go. That's what I'm doing now. It's like, oh, maybe. <laughs> I can't do it either. She must have had quite the tongue. <laughs> oh. Maybe she's missing oh. that portion underneath her tongue that, like, keeps it, like, you know, from going out oh. too far. That's what tongue-tied people have. It's like, that hang on the bottom of your tongue. It's like more. They have more of it, so they can't stick out their tongues as much. But that's the only memory I have of her. Now, what she did have is an older sister, slightly older. But my aunt was, wasn't was like everybody else. She was very special. And she actually graduated high school when she was 40. Wow. Went back and did that. Now, she is in like a, a home. Um, and we used to write pen poly, right? But now I'm, I'm friends with her best friend. But my aunt doesn't tell me a lot of stories. I think she had a lot of anger just in general, with my mom dying and things that have been said to me from her friend. But I'm really glad to have that family friend in my life because those people took me to church and those people took pictures of me and raised me. And it's why, of course, I was in boys' clothing a lot because she had three boys. And I got their clothes a couple of times <laughs> as a really attractive kid. And that that was fun. But it's nice to have them in my life. But I don't, sadly, she doesn't write back to me anymore. So I don't know that Elsa was translating 
between us. You know, she would ask me to email her and she would give the responses. But honestly, I think that maybe she's a little lonely and forgotten and sad. I'm guilty of that knowing that she's alive, but I can't be there. Yeah. Yeah. She would be the only person who would have memories for me that I wouldn't have. So, you know, I really, I need to pick up the pace and as old as she is and in what state of mind she may be at at this point in her life, I still want to ask questions and, and share my girls with her because she's the only person that my mom has that I know of that's alive. Time to go back mm-hmm. to Scotland. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Going next year. Yay! Hopefully everyone's still around because I swear recently it feels like I'm missing a lot of people passing away or a lot of things happening, tragedies in my family, you know. And I've not been home in 20 years, so. But finally, I have an understanding husband, and I have some time, and being a business for myself allows me the freedom to be able to go. Yes. So finally. we are running low on time. If there is, like, one thing that you want to leave people, I'm not going to do the final five questions because you've already answered them in your previous episode. Darn it, I was ready for it. I was, like, ready for the final five. <laughs> no. People can listen to your other episode, and I'll link it in the show notes if they want to hear that and hear and you've got to listen to the other episode it's my favorite one like it likes me laugh so hard like it really does it's my favorite (laughs) we talk about all things all things on that episode um what is one thing that you'd want to leave um people with about your community because I really want to encourage anybody that is listening is like I need a community like that to join you and I will link it up in the show notes so anybody who doesn't know how to find the show notes inspired women podcast.com forward slash episode 29 <laughs> that's a lot yeah well it'll be, um it'll be there <laughs> i think the biggest thing i want people to know is that i know i i know there's a lot of unanswered questions there's a lot of things you missed out on there's a lot of things you'll never know advice that you'll never receive moments that you'll never share and i know But I want you to know that no matter how much time it has been or if there's a chance you may be in your life again, that you're not on the outskirts of somebody's happy town. You are in the middle of my village and I want you to share your story and talk about it and be able to ask questions or be able to share memories in a comfortable, safe environment where you can feel like you're connected to somebody, you know, where where you can let her live on where you can communicate with people who have shared your same path. And I just know, I just want you to know that I know. You know, and you've been there and Mm -hmm. in hard is hard. Like sometimes people get all up in the mix of it. Like those messages you receive, well, you know, you wouldn't know because you're lucky you lost your mom early. No, hard is hard. Like if, if you lose a, a, a mom, whether you are seven or 47, it's going to be hard. It is. It is hard. And I, I think it's made me strong, but I also want them to know that it doesn't have to be the end of something. You do not have to die with her or be absent like her. I also want you to know you're not the sum of what you feel like your mom didn't do right. You're not stuck in this place. We can learn lessons from it. We can have hope. We can begin to smile again and breathe again. And we can also connect with them in ways and keep them here even even when they're never known, like with your if you have kids after your absence of your mom, your mom will can still live through them. They can still know her. They can still know who she is. They can know the best parts. Even if your relationship was never perfect and it was just too raw, 
you can let let the best parts live on. It takes bravery to open up and talk about something so personal, and I want them to know that they're okay. They can talk about it. it you know, yeah, right before we're I- love junkies at heart. Every single one of us, we all crave this stuff. We all want to hear and talk and commiserate, share photos of her, tell her names. You know, get share the favorite songs. These are all things I want to be doing in the community is, you know, sharing favorite songs and favorite memory and her name. And, okay, we don't have her, but what can we do now? So I want it to be hope. I want hope to be what people leave with. I love that. And, like, the first time that I ever started sharing stories that I had, they were scary. And today, right before our podcast, I wrote probably one of the hardest blog posts I've ever wrote in my entire life. And it was hard. And I think I, like, almost threw up a couple of times. But... You know, by putting things out there, even when it's scary, you might connect with somebody else like this podcast. Like, thank you for coming on and sharing your story because then there might be a woman out there listening that has lost her mom or whether recently or, you know, when she was younger and and be able to see her story and your story. Yeah. And I want that woman to know that 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 woman's being like my being, my being is not conducive on the absence of. Or missingness of something else that doesn't make me less whole or less fulfilled it makes me sad at some points it makes me miss things but it doesn't make me less of a being and I want them to know that them not being in your life for whatever the reason or circumstance doesn't mean that you cannot be whole I love that so. thank you Debbie for coming on the podcast again thank you for having me thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the inspired women podcast Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspire Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.